Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Before we jump into the lesson, I want to do something that I really haven't done before, and that is I want to recommend somebody who is an outstanding leader. I want to take a moment and direct you to a friend of mine. His name is Carl Toti, last name T-O-T-I. If you would ever go to carltoti.com, you would find that he has a leadership development plan that is just outstanding. I want to encourage you that if you're looking for a way to personally implement leadership into your life and maybe a more formal and official way, Carl is an individual that I believe in, I trust, and I know does a great job in leadership development. So just as somebody who wants to get leadership out, I want to recommend Carl to you. And if you'll take a moment and just go to his website, I think you'll find it helpful if you're looking for a more official development plan. Hey, today I want to talk to you about leading in proximity to a high impact leader. Man, sort of a long title, wasn't smart enough to be able to reduce that down, but leading in proximity to a high impact leader. I want to give you some names, some names of some uh, outstanding leaders, Jason Swan, Jesse Prince, Johnson Bowie, Adam Mesa, Jared Stevens, Cody Brooks, Mark Cole. See, all of these are excellent leaders. They are all top-notch when it comes to leadership skills in their leadership journey. But the unique thing about each one of them is to lead, they've had to lead literally in the shadow of a high-impact leader. See, each one of these individuals has been positioned in an organization where in all of their cases, they will eventually uh, run those organizations. But for a period of time, they are leading in the shadow proximity of a high impact leader. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking, man, how tough is that? What are the kind of things they have to deal with? What are the kind of things that they're faced with on a regular basis? So let me just start with some obstacles when it comes to leading in the shadow or proximity of a high impact leader. Uh, I think if you're going to lead in proximity, one of the things you're going to find out is that you're going to have to learn with high expectations, learn with high expectations. See, when you're close to a leader who is in the mature aspects of their leadership journey, has spent the time over years developing their leadership, and now you're in the shadow of them, a lot of people will say, man, what a great blessing. And it is a great blessing, but that great blessing comes with great expectations because those individuals are going to have to have fulfilled in their life a high level of responsibility that's being entrusted to them. So I think one of the obstacles is, is can you learn to lead uh, with high expectations? It's one thing to just be one of many people in a class and say, hey, I may not get it right, but it's another thing to be right next to a leader who is really hitting the ball hard, and now you're in a position where you're having to learn leadership, but you're 
you're not learning it in just sort of that quiet little back room. You're learning it where the expectations are very, very high. Not only that, but can you learn with an intuitive environment? Are you learning in an intuitive environment? Now, let me just sort of unpack that for a minute. Leaders, especially developed leaders and mature leaders, they do so many things that they themselves don't notice. I'm a student of leaders. I don't listen to their messages. I watch them. Literally everyone who's been a mentor in my life, Jack Hayford, Dr. Roy Hicks, my spiritual father, John Maxwell, at some time they've echoed the same thing. You know me better than I know me. See, I can mimic Jack Hayford on a stage, how he walks and how he covers the stage and how he uses his coverage of the stage to accent points. I've spent thousands of dollars getting every lesson that John Maxwell ever taught when he was a pastor. Probably the only one that has every lesson he ever wrote. But I did it not so that I could learn what he was saying, but I was learning why he was saying it. And so what I want to say about every leader is when you develop in leadership, there's some things you just do intuitively. You don't even notice you're doing it. You don't even think about it. It's just natural to you. It's just something that you do. Well, if you're leading in proximity to a high impact leader, then you're going to have to learn in an intuitive environment. You're going to have to take the things that are very natural to them, that their intuition, their intuitive nature has developed over decades, and you're going to have to break those down. You're going to have to understand them. Not only that, but you're going to have to be learning with an unforgiving pace. See, it's one thing to start out where you're sort of on the B team and and you know the speed isn't the same as the A team and you were on the B team and the varsity team's up here and then you go to college and the varsity team looks like this. But if you're leading in the proximity of a leader, you're learning with an unforgiving pace because you don't get to determine the pace. They determine the pace. So can you learn at high speed? Can you learn when things are coming at you quickly? It's not only that, but you're learning when everyone else's eyes are on you. See, a lot of people envy you. Some people feel sorry for you, but people are watching you. So you're learning with everyone's eyes just focused on you. Some people are cheering. I want you to succeed. Some people are saying, I want your spot. I want you to fail. But everyone's eyes are on you. So can you learn when everyone's eyes are focused on you? And can you learn and still have your A game? So these are the obstacles. Let me go over them. Learning with high expectations. Learning with an intuitive environment. Learning with an unforgiving pace. Learning with everyone's eyes on you. And learning with your A game. Let me add another. Learning 
with a distinct style. See, that leader has a distinct style of how they accomplish leadership. Now, you're going to be thrown into the water and there is that expectation that you are going to be able to learn from that kind of style. So someone may be loud, someone may be soft, someone may be contemplative, someone may be decisive, someone may be this, someone may be that. There's a distinct style that you're learning under. So let me just sort of take the other end of this. If you're in the shadow of a high impact leader, if you're close to that leader and you come up against these obstacles of high expectation, intuitive environment, an unforgiving pace, having everyone's eyes on you, having to learn your A game and a distinct style, what do you do? How do you succeed? What is required of you to succeed in a room like that? What is required of you to stand out in an environment like that? What does that look like and what does that feel like? What is that? Well, let me give you the keys to succeed. If you're going to succeed, then you're going to have to have a high bounce factor. You're going to have to have a high bounce factor. Remember, the first thought is you lead in a room where there's a lot of expectations. Can I tell you, if you're leading in that room and you're starting a leadership journey, you're not going to meet those expectations. So really, there's one or two choices. Can you be in a room where expectations are high, but you may not meet them? And can you handle the disappointment and keep getting back up? Can you keep getting back up? Can you have a high bounce factor? Yeah, no, I didn't meet it there, but I'm getting back up. I'm going to do better. No, I didn't do well here, but I'm getting back up. I'm doing better. Do you have that bounce factor? Do you have that ability to bounce back? Do you have that ability to keep getting up? Do you have that ability to never give up? Do you have the bounce factor? I'm telling you, if you're leading in a high expectation room, then you're going to have to have bounce factor. I think another thing that you've got to understand is that if you're leading in that kind of room, you not only have to have bounce factor, but you're going to have to create personal instincts. Remember, we talked about how you're learning in an intuitive environment. Well, a part of that intuitive environment is in the middle of it. You're going to have to have some instincts. So while you're around that leader, you see their body language, you see their pause, you see them reacting and your instincts immediately tell you, well, they've done this. This is what they're going to do next. You've honed your instinct. You can read them. You have the ability to understand them. You get them because you've created personal instincts of your own. See, One day, someone's going to have to learn from your instincts. But the first instincts that you have to be intuitive about are the person that you're working with in the shadow. I can literally tell you that all of my mentors in life, I've watched them so closely that I can pretty well tell you what they're going to do next. Someone says, well, that's discernment. No, that's instinct. 
I've watched them for so many hours that now I get it. I get when they do this. I get when they do this. I get it when I look and I see, man, this isn't going well for them. This is what they do. Uh, they might be having some stress at home. This is what they do. Well, hey, this is a big event and this is what they're going to do. But in the midst of that, it's not only are they intuitive, but you're going to have to find your style. See, every leader, especially a high-impact leader, has a style that they lead with. But the thing is, leadership principles can be handed down. Leadership style cannot. The people who lead in my shadow will not lead with the same style. In fact, if I could say to high-impact leaders, if you're trying to clone yourself versus develop them, you're going to create failure for you and them. The people that I admire the most that are closest to me, they will not have my direct style of leadership, but they will have the principles that have guided my leadership. So to the person who's leading with the high impact, you're going to have to understand their style, but you're going to have to find yours. In fact, what's interesting, um, one of the leaders I've mentioned, I've watched him very, very closely, and he many times will lead up by going to the high impact leader and saying, hey, this is going on back at the office. And as he says, this is going on back at the office, the high impact leader rattles off, well, uh, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to uh, handle. This is what you need to. And that impact leader is absolutely right if the leader in his shadow had his style. But the leader in his shadow doesn't have his style. He has a different style. So he has to translate what the impact leader wants done and accomplish those goals, but he has to lead down with a different style. That's pretty complex leadership thought there. I hope that makes sense. But for some of you, that would be somewhere that you could really dig down and give some thought to. You're also, because you're in the shadow of an impact leader, you're going to have to learn on the run. See, everyone thinks that learning is these moments of long classroom. If you're working with a high-impact leader, you're not sitting, you're moving. And so can you learn on the run? I tell people who've been around me, I don't hold you responsible for remembering everything. I hold you responsible for the knowledge. So what that means is... I don't expect everyone to remember everything, this, that, and be able to recite. But if we're talking about how we handle certain events, and we've already done the after-action reports on those events, then you've created a file. And you have created a file, so the next time an event like that happens, you pull out that file, and you have already created the baseline of how you lead in that. See, you don't have to remember everything. You have to be responsible. And so remembering it's one thing. 
responsibilities another thing. So you're going to have to learn on the run. You're going to have to make notes. You're going to have to jot down. You're going to have to say, hey, this is something I don't want to forget. I want to have it in a file so I can pull it out at a moment's notice. Another thing, you're not only going to have to have a bounce factor, you're not only going to have uh, to create your own personal instincts, you're not only going to have to find your style, and you're not only going to have to learn on the run, but you're going to have to fail with confidence. You're going to have to fail with confidence. Now, everyone fails, and everyone fails about the same amount. The difference between most people who fail and leaders who fail is that when a leader fails, they have the self-confidence that was a moment in life that wasn't a testimony about my life. Let me put it to you this way. Just because something ends a chapter doesn't mean it's the end of the book. And sometimes you fail and that's the end of that chapter. But that doesn't mean it's the end of your life. It's the end of your book. So what I found is if you're going to fail around a high impact leader, they get it because they failed. They understand failure. They failed more than they succeeded. They just want to know that you have the confidence that when you fail, that you don't implode, that you don't emotionally implode, that you don't personally implode but that you are in a position where you can handle failure with confidence. Hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this better. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to make sure next time I do it that if I fail, I'm not going to fail the same thing because I'm going to get this part down and I'm going to fail once. I tell my team, failure doesn't bother me. What bothers me is if we fail the same way over and over again. Let's get creative. Let's fail differently in the future. Another thing is can you have your A game while seated in the B seat? Can you have your A game while you're seated in the B seat? See, a lot of people look ahead and say, man, I'll really be in good when I'm in charge. I'll really be good when I get to make all decisions. I'll really be good when. But can you have your A game in the B seat? See, if you can't have your A game in the B seat, you'll never have the A seat. If the day you get good is the day that you're in the seat, you waited too long to get good. So can you have your A game while seated in the B seat? I sent this lesson off to Mark Cole. Mark Cole is a very, very dear friend of mine, someone I love and admire. He leads in the shadow, the proximity of one of the most impactful leaders I know, a friend of mine, John Maxwell. So Mark is basically John Maxwell's go-to guy. I'd been working this lesson through my head, and I thought, I'm going to run it by Mark. I'm going to send it to him and see what he says. I said, Mark, is there anything you want to add? So he brought in some thoughts that I thought were remarkable when it comes to being able 
to have your A game in the B seat. So these are Mark. Let me give them to you. Consistency and calling. Can you help them look better? Consistency and calling. Can you make them look better? See, if you're going to have your A game in the B seed, you've got to understand their calling, how they are called, and what they are called to do is directing everything they do. And so can you have a consistency in calling? It may not be exactly what you're called to do, but can you have consistency in calling and can you help them look better? I talk about it all the time. When I walk into a room, I ask two questions. What can I learn and who can I help? Now, if I'm around somebody that I feel God's asked me to be committed to, there's a third question. Not only what can I learn and who can I help, but like in John Maxwell's case, how can I make him look better? My job in certain rooms is not to make me look better, it's to make the leader look better. So consistency and calling, can you help them look better? Consistency and position. Can you stay in submission to someone in every season of growth and advancement? Can you stay in submission to somebody? So like in Mark's case, for him to do what he has to do right now, There has to be submission. Now, let me just dive into the submission thing. Submission isn't an action. It's an attitude. Everyone sees submission as, oh, I'm just going to do whatever they want. Submission's a lot harder than doing what someone wants you to do. It's an attitude. And the attitude is this. I believe that God can work through someone else and not just me. That's submission. I believe that God's put us together in such a way that God can work through someone else and not just me. So if all you have is, well, I'll do what you say, that's not submission. Submission is the attitude, God, you can use other people around me even when I don't understand it. So consistency and position, can you stay in submission in every season of growth and advancement. Consistency in character. Can you be true to the values? Now, there's an underlying thought here. If you're following someone who maintains no values, get away. But if you're following someone who has character, then be consistent with the values. And everyone enhances some values more than others. It's like anyone who's been around me. I believe that punctuality is a fruit of the spirit. I believe that the best way I honor you is by starting on time, being there on time. And I believe that if someone can't be on time, they're not making a statement about them. They're saying the other people in the room aren't important. So consistency and character, can you hold to the values? And then consistency and determination. Because you're going to need determination because everything about leadership is uphill. 
you got to keep going uphill. Now, the base thought, consistency and calling, consistency and position, consistency and character, and consistency and determination, those came from Mark. I ad-libbed it a little bit, and so Mark, when you hear this, I hope you liked it. But that being said, what I want you to know is that right now, we're seeing the greatest generational transfer of leadership. Simultaneously with that is the greatest transfer of leadership influence. Simultaneously with that is the greatest handoff of leadership impact. And simultaneously with that is the greatest handoff of leadership assets, resources. See, all of the guys that I mentioned at the very first, they're going to walk into resources that none of the people who they're close to right now, the high-impact leaders, had. But all of these people are going to walk into rooms that have been built, places that have been prepared. And what I want to say to you is, that's an honor to be trusted with the future of what someone's given their past for. Esteem it, honor it. Hey, this is a little bit of a convoluted message because I'm really taking a visual of people that I love so much. Seeing all of the names I've mentioned, Jason Swan, Jesse Prince, Johnson Bowie, Adam Mesa, Jared Stevens, Cody Brooks, Mark Cole, they're all tremendous leaders. I love and I admire them greatly. But I'm trying to see through their eyes. I hope I saw well. If I didn't, I hope you saw something that you can add because the next generation of leaders, they are going to be running, not walking, in the future. The speed of life will get more intense. That being said, um, if you would go to my webpage, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, we have a whole lot of resources. My d- new book, Keys to Effective Living. We also have a roundtable that will be coming up in the Plano area. It's the first one of the year, and we do that in Plano. And I just want to invite you to that because I think that that's going to be just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity to learn and leadership. And what that's going to be is on January 23rd, January 23rd. I'm telling you, bring your team. The information that I'm covering is outstanding. So I want to invite you to that. You can go to my webpage and you can sign up. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. 